R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Reemployability. When I was a kid, for whatever reason, and I don't believe anybody ever said this to me, I thought that when I grew up and became an adult, that everyone else would grow up and be an adult too. Petty arguments and picking on people, that would just go away. Like we'd talk to each other in a mature and civil manner to work out our issues and that people would be rational in their thoughts and actions. Well, holy cow, was I wrong. Life is messy. I'm messy. You're messy. It always has been and it always will be. So if we really want to learn how to understand and influence messy people, just like you and me, we can really do it. It just takes a little bit of work. Crystal Hunley is the Director of Human Resources at Reemployability. Today, we're going to chat about the struggles of remote work, accountability, and the great resignation. And we're also going to provide you some practical tools that will help in navigating the mounting pressures and messes we all own. Crystal Hunley is the Director of Human Resources at Reemployability, and you joined us a couple months ago. We talked about some COVID things and some back to work things, and it seems like every day, almost every hour, things change in this world Absolutely. with regards to just work life balance and all kinds of stuff. So I invited you to come back to talk to us again about some of the things that you foresee in the future and things that have happened and, and ways companies can pivot to be better at what they do. And so, Crystal, thanks for coming. Back. Absolutely, Again, my pleasure. Do you mind just giving us a quick overview of your background and how you got with us? Absolutely. I am a proud military spouse. My husband retired from the Marine Corps after 21 years. We have two adult children and through that journey, I got my uh, bachelor's degree in human resource management, my master's uh, in business administration, and I uh, goodness, about a decade ago, got my senior uh, certified professional uh, certification from SHRM. Okay. So I've been in the HR thing for a while. Um, I really enjoy it. I love people. And I think you're going to be able to catch that from me as, as we talk today. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you've done so much good here at Reemployability since you've been here. And, and we're going to touch on that a little bit as we go on. So you have quite a diverse background, especially with, with the, the military experience that yes. you have. And so um, I, I'm always curious. So like I went to college, I was a communications major, and I learned a ton of stuff in college. But I think I learned more in my first job in the first six months at a radio station than I did in four years of college. Absolutely. So can you fill us in a little bit? Like, what are some of the things that you picked up that have made you better at what it is that you do now in your out of educational Yeah. Experience? Okay. So I, I love education. Um, I value education. But I honestly say sometimes... Um, Judge Judy and Dr. Phil helped me <laughs> right. to be a better yeah. Yeah. <laughs> HR professional. <laughs> um, and, and what I mean by that is just recognizing that what we're dealing with are people, right? We're, we're dealing with people. They're very dynamic. Life is messy sometimes. Mm -hmm. They don't all fit into scenarios from a textbook. And so you have to be creative and you have to be willing to lean into what those people are dealing with mm -hmm. in order to give them some great solutions 
to whatever that is that you're looking for, whether it's a leader or an entry-level employee. Probably a lot of trial and error. You bet. Have you ever made a mistake at what you do? Absolutely. Okay. In fact, that's something that I say uh, in jest, but for real. <laughs> I make this stuff up as I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shh. Don't tell anybody. So um, I think often it's, it's trying to figure out what works for that particular team, what works in that particular season of that company, and running with the things that work and making, you know, tweaking it to make it work even better. If I feel like, and we talk about this on the sales side all the time, and it's funny you say you make things up as you go, because I tell the sales team in all the trainings we do, I didn't make any of this up. (laughs) I steal it from every place else. Fair, I do as well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and and it's not, it's just paying attention to what would work in certain situations and and the the context of things, right? That's right. And and so um, human connection, I think, has become so important, especially these past two years. That's right. And you know, we have as listeners, risk managers, adjusters, people within the work comp world uh, who aren't necessarily in leadership roles, but I feel like they are leaders because they're leading people along a certain path in, in either right. getting them back to work or ensuring that they're not injured, those types of things. So to me, that's a leader. For Absolutely. Sure, right? At least a facilitator, right? Mm-hmm. Facilitating to the next step. And I think the only thing I would correct is that I, I don't think human connection is recently become important. I think it's always been important, but it's just recently being uh, elevated to the level that we're paying a little bit closer attention and we're making different choices um, as leaders or in the workplace that highlight the very essence of being a human that needs connection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I think we're seeing things that, that we didn't yes. see before. We, yes. we were joking in our sales meeting yesterday about how things have progressed in the past couple of years and how we've had to change the way we do things in order to be as impactful as we That's possibly right. <laughs> can. And I can remember in March of 2020 telling the sales team that they were going to have to turn the video screens on, on their zoom calls and like jaws dropped. They're like, I am not turning my screen on. <laughs> and now, we just had a call yesterday with somebody and I was so proud of them like they are asking other people to turn their screens on and and they've found ways to do that that have made it you know easy and less uncomfortable and those types of things so we're always adapting and trying to get better but but I still say I would much rather be face to face with somebody than than be on a zoom call right I agree so there was a um, there was a article uh, in March on March 20th of riskandinsurance.com about what the workplace will look like coming out of COVID right. and we kind of talked about it briefly before you came on and, and they, they highlighted four things. One was um, vaccination requirements. They talked about long COVID. Both of those things are, they are what they are, That's right? right. Um, but what I thought you might be able to talk to us a little bit about was um, the return to the office. That was that was a big highlight that they talked about and, and they also talked about the great resignation. Right. So return to the office. I know that there are a lot of adjusters and risk managers who are in the process of going back to offices. Sure. Some of them are kind of hybrid. Some of them are staying at home. And that creates some different dynamics. It does. Right? So how would you point people in the right direction to adjust to whatever it is that they are being asked to do now? Yeah. So I think one of the things to recognize is that um, there is not a one-size-fits-all approach, right? So depending on the industry, the position, uh, the company, and truly the position within that company, Mm -hmm. there might be different expectations that can be at play. One thing to consider is making sure that you have an open conversation with your leadership. 
if there are concerns that you have about what's being asked of you, make sure that you express that. Now, that doesn't mean that we're all going to be able to make up our own rules (laughs) or our own schedules, but to the leadership, I, I, I ask that you pay attention. There is an expectation that we are better listeners now than we were before COVID. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as I joke that I I make this up as I go, there's some expectation that our employees are are able to request what they want and should be, we should allow that to happen a little bit. What Mm -hmm. do I mean? Uh, Maybe a flexible work schedule. Maybe I can come in a little later on some days, leave a little earlier. Maybe it's hybrid where it's not fully remote. Maybe I'm coming to the office two to three days a week or some other version of that. Mm -hmm. Where it gets sticky is how do you still run a business or a team when you've got people kind of all over the place? Mm -hmm. And that idea of human connection comes back into play. How how do I make sure that you're being uh, taken care of, if you will, and your needs are being met in the workplace if you're not in the workplace? Right. So I think we have to just continue to be creative. Something we've done here is we have an REA at home uh, Teams chat. Mm-hmm. So any of our employees who work remote are in that Teams chat and we do some fun connection things, not work related at all. And we have something called like a coffee break on Tuesdays and Thursdays where we mm-hmm. send out a ridiculous question. Right. Um, yesterday's question was if uh, national it's national lemon chiffon cake day Mm. and would you rather eat it with chopsticks or a butter knife silly things like that just to allow that little connection Mm. um but you know even as you do fun things and you do lunches or you do virtual uh, meetings together i think we have to just check ourselves as leaders as people with influence do we care Mm -hmm. about the work-life balance of our people and we have to be authentic about that. If I don't really care if you can make it to your kid's soccer game, mm-hmm. then that's going to show through any of the behaviors I come up with anyways. Yeah. So I think there's this expectation that we that we do care mm-hmm. and that we recognize that the more we value the whole person, the more productive those employees are here at work. The mm-hmm. more they feel valued, the more they give. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things. I, I, we've heard this principle stated many times by professionals throughout the the industry, when you take care of employees at the highest level, your business will soar, Mm -hmm. right? Your customers are being taken care of. uh, The product is higher quality, whatever the case might be. So doing right by your people, by caring, Mm -hmm. is going to have many rewards. So uh, we we were, there was also an article that I read recently, and God, I can't remember who the person was that said it. Now it's terrible, but uh, a a CEO was asked, uh, you know, what about re, what about remote work? Right. And what would you say uh, about working 100% from home? And basically, he said, well, if you get the job done, I don't care where you work. Right. Right. That's right. But that also yeah. lends the question of accountability. Uh, I understand that, you know, I'm an old school guy. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm almost 50 and and I guess I've just been in corporate world and everything that it was hard for me to feel like I could manage my team uh, 100% remote, right? right? And and I'm a pretty hands-off guy. I'm, I'm, I think if you asked any of our team here, I'm not a I'm not a taskmaster. Sure. I'm not a. I'm not a micromanager. But still, I like to see people and go that's out right. and just stand by their desk and be like, "Hey, how's it going today?" And that's very hard to do when when you're remote. So, how do you address p- 
people that are concerned about accountability when it comes to working from home because I know that it's not great for everybody. That's right. And I think, uh, like, I'm, I'm one of those. Mm -hmm. I am way too extroverted and social that when I, during the majority of COVID, when I was sitting at home at my dining room table working, I was very productive, mm -hmm. but there was uh, a lot missing from those interactions that didn't happen anymore. I think something to consider is that in some ways this helps us reflect on the performance of an employee and really remove all the other uh, kind of extracurricular things, right? The, the fact that if I go to lunch with one employee more often than another, I might be more favorable towards that employee. That mm -hmm. removes everything, gives everybody a level playing field where I'm just monitoring their performance. Mm -hmm. Now, again, if it works for that person and they are performing at a high level, they are feeling included, they're feeling connected, then all is well. Mm -hmm. But I think whenever you start to monitor their performance and things might go down, there, there may be less involved or engaged in some of the, the group meetings or mm -hmm. team chats, that's when you, you might recognize that they need something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And then, and so obviously there's a ton of resources to go to. I'm sure that there's a lot of kind of, kind of making it up as we go That's along, right. right? But if people have questions about that, what, what do you go, what's your go-to for information on what's up to date in the HR world? Um, SHRM is my go-to. Mm -hmm. So SHRM is the Society for Human Resource Management. There's um, tips, tools, resources, video, uh, there's articles, there's, there's forms you can download. I mean, there's just everything. Right. That, the Department of Labor, of course, gives you all kinds of um, updates on especially the COVID-related things. Mm -hmm. But SHRM tends to be that. Another thing is your network. I think that's another thing COVID did for us is it helped us really rely on, on our network of, hey, I'm, we're doing it this way or we're thinking about doing this. What are you guys doing over there? Yeah. And trying to, to create something based on what other people are saying is working. Mm. Let's talk about the great resignation real quick. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, right. I, yeah. Love, I, I don't know if I love that term or not love that it's, term. Yeah. It is what it is, right? But so the great resignation happened. Millions of people left their jobs. That's right. And we're also finding that millions of people took different jobs, mm -hmm. thinking that the grass was going to be greener That's on right. the other side. And I, I always say the grass is greener because usually there's more manure on the other side. Could be. And I think a lot of people <laughs> have found that out. Um, yeah. I saw another article about that, about how people were disenchanted with their new jobs. That's right. and, yeah. and some folks had been attracted to things that maybe aren't necessarily what they expected them to be. So um, how would you address that now, especially it, we're not hearing as much about trouble hiring as much. I mean, it's still out there. Sure. You know, there's still that, that shortage. But can you talk a little bit about from a, you know, from an employer standpoint, how, how do you uh, address concerns about what a job is and isn't that's right when you're interviewing people i mean you want to be transparent but you also want to be you want to bring people in that's right, right. uh i start it before we interview you're right absolutely so the job posting uh there's a lot of there's a lot of conflicting thoughts on how much you share on a job posting should you put the the salary should you put everything out there so we, we put as, lot, as much of the position as we can. We've really highlighted our benefit package as mm -hmm. well, because I think that's what a lot of people are looking for, is what can I get from this, you know, this company, this opportunity. Upon their sending in an application, I then reply to them with the actual salary, with the, the work schedule, with the kind of expectations that we're gonna have. 
and the fact that not everybody can do this job. Mm -hmm. And when they read that, if they choose to move forward with an interview, we will set that up. So I think it's before they even talk to one of us, they are getting the inside scoop of really what to what's expected. And, mm -hmm. and so transparency is really important. It allows you to make sure that when they come on board, they're staying because there's no, they don't feel that there was any smoke and mirrors. They don't mm -hmm. feel like there was some bait and switch that happened. They, mm -hmm. they knew what they signed up for and they're coming on board eyes wide open, mm -hmm. right? So from there, it's making sure that you have an authentic environment for them to experience the job, the team, the company, the culture, all of that. And again, if you're trying to sell them on how great the culture is, but people aren't enjoying the workplace, it's not going to go well. Mm -hmm. They're going to find out the reality soon enough, right? right? Yeah. Um, and we were talking about this a little bit before, like, so the generations are different in what they expect. Oh, definitely. And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, next time, that's right. if that's okay. But one thing that did come up in that same article was that Gen Xers tend to feel like it's okay for them just to bail on a job after being in it for two months. Sure. Uh, Right? Did I say Gen Xers? It's, it, or I, I meant millennials. millennials. Yeah, yeah. Whereas me being a Gen Xer tend to want to kind of stick through it uh, right. for a little bit longer. And, and maybe that's bad, right? Maybe I'm forcing myself to suffer longer than well, I have to. And I to. think that's, that goes to the differences in the generations. Mm -hmm. Why? Why would we have some people who stayed? I mean, our, our parents and grandparents stayed at a position for, for decades. Perhaps they had only one job or, mm -hmm. or two jobs their entire life. And that's because there was pensions at the end, you get the gold watch, you get, right? You mm -hmm. get these things that rewarded loyalty. Um, pensions are gone, the gold watch is gone. Mm -hmm. There is much more value now in diversifying your experience. So even from an HR perspective, it is more and more rare to see that people on their resumes have stayed for a decade or longer at a position. Mm -hmm. They are not necessarily job hopping. I feel that they are kind of testing the waters, gaining some skills and moving on to a next either lateral or upward position mm -hmm. to utilize those skills mm -hmm. learned. So we it's a little to, different. It is. And we talked to Ariel Theodore uh, yes. past uh, past podcast. And uh, what I thought was amazing was the way she kind of uh, handled that situation here. She'd been here for a long time. She's learned a lot. I That's mean, right. she couldn't have done her next position without what she had done That's here. That's right. But the way she went about it in my day was unheard of. I would have never told my boss that I'm planning on leaving in two to three months or right. whatever it was. Right. right? And, and, and I think... Uh, Deb really embraced that and felt proud of the fact that we were able to grow her and move mm -hmm. around to something. So uh, obviously you have to be aware of what your leadership is like in that that's situation. Right. And but, that's that dual transparency. If mm -hmm. we're going to be authentic and transparent on, uh, if we expect that, I should say, from our employees, then we should provide that as well. Right. So giving what we expect, leading by example, for real. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, you will come back next week? Absolutely. Good, because I want to talk a little bit about kind of all the all the crap that seems to be piling up on people's yep. shoulders. Yeah. There's a lot it's of a lot. things that have happened in the past two years, and it seems like it's one crisis after another and after another. And right. especially talking to risk managers and adjusters who have always have it, had a huge burden on That's their back. Right. Now there's more and more and more. Um, you have a great experience in handling those types of things, and I'd like to get your, your feedback on that. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, Crystal. Thank you.
Thanks for listening this week to REA Audio. Remember, if you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can email Todd at reemployability.com. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentoREA.com. Now, next week, we're going to finish up with Crystal as she shares some perspective on carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. As you might expect, you may not have to do all that heavy lifting. Have a fantastic rest of your week.